Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Frozen 2, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Sarah Dolman. Hello! Sarah and I are excited to talk about Frozen 2, finally. Uh, came out last weekend, and um, we just saw it a second time for each of us together today. So we've had two viewings in, and are excited to share all of our thoughts on Frozen, uh, one of the biggest animated movies of the year. Um, we are OverlyAnimated.com. We, f- we talk about a bunch of animated shows and movies here. Check us out at OverlyAnimated.com and uh, search for us on your favorite podcast app. Searching Overly Animated, we have a movies feed or just a general uh, feed talking about a bunch of animated stuff. And our YouTube is YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. Um, we're going to try to give our initial thoughts without spoilers for Frozen 2 if you haven't seen it yet and you're deciding, but we will get into spoilers for Frozen 1 right away, of course. Um, so from now on, spoilers for Frozen 1, and then once I say later in a few minutes, then we'll get into spoilers for Frozen 2. But for now, we're going to just talk about our impressions. We've seen it twice. Um, what do you think of the movie, Sarah? What do you think the first time? How are you feeling about it now? You're a big Frozen fan, of course. You can talk about that, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to start with. Like, So I was very, very excited to see Frozen 2, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, because Frozen 1 is one of my all-time favorite movies. I've seen it probably like five-plus times. Um, I'm obsessed. Um, and like Elsa might be one of my like top favorite character, my like the top character that I love the most like in everything um, I am an Elsa stan yeah. um, I also adore Anna and like after the first movie I was a big Kristoff and Anna shipper um, I don't so, think yeah. I knew that part I didn't know no yeah I, when I yeah when I like first watched the movie I was I was reading the fanfics and all that okay. and I, look I at the fan art yeah yeah um, um, so obviously I was very hyped for Frozen 2 and like I would say that overall it, it didn't disappoint me I was really um happy with it um it was like a very comfy feeling starting the movie being like yay i'm gonna be seeing like my favorite characters again and like same some like musical themes because i really loved the music of the first movie um and yeah like i really enjoyed it there were some things that i liked more on the first viewing that really popped when i first watched it and weren't quite as exciting on the second watch and then there were some things that also worked better watching it a second time like things were maybe a little bit more easier to follow um um but yeah i really loved um a lot of the things in this movie there's some there are also some things that were kind of confusing things that i didn't like as much but overall it was I, i'm hyped for frozen too you were, you were, okay. I was hype and I'm hyped to talk about it because I enjoyed still, it. Still hype. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, I'm hype about it. Uh, over a week later with two viewings in. Yeah, <laughs> and I should say, it's been six years since the first movie, <laughs> which I didn't really realize, but I guess that makes sense. Um, you, you, you mentioned that, I guess, briefly. It's like, it's very exciting to get comfy to see all the characters again. Right, comfy was it, to Was just, it weird yeah. at all this many years later? No. It was just like, oh, yes, like, finally we're like, getting to, like, see them again and, like, explore their stories more. And I really liked that about this movie, um, that we were kind of getting to dig deeper into the characters and get into that interesting lore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like that long for me. I'm not as uh, big of a stan as Sarah. I still <laughs> liked Frozen. I saw it close to when it came out, and I've seen it probably a few times, like two or three not that not as many but um also like elsa and anna maybe maybe when i was first watching frozen i was more of an anna fan so 
maybe to be contrary, I don't know, but uh, I like <laughs> Anna. Um, and so was excited. Frozen Two was here, and um, it it's it's a good movie. I think I liked it right away on the first viewing. Um, it is confusing a little bit first time you watch it, plot wise, but it's just that's thematically characters all I think clicks right away. Songs are really good. It's absolutely gorgeous. The movie. Um, especially at times. Yeah. That was one of my biggest takeaways is how pretty some sequences are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely something that, that I really loved about the movie. Yeah. And then, um, and I thought it was very funny. And the second time, it's different experience because things are clear and also you're like, no, to, some things aren't as shocking, I guess. Or yeah. not that it's like the shock, most shocking movie, but there's some, yeah. So it was, it was uh, I, I would say a little bit, slightly worse of a experience watching it the second time. It's not one of those things that really improved on rewatch. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Like, most people are going to see it once. And, uh, but no, I like it. I think it's really good. Um, I have further thoughts on some of the bigger questions, like, critics are asking about it. But I want to, I'm, I'm going to allow us to get into spoilers before we start to answer those questions. So, let, let's say spoilers for Frozen 2. Sarah and I both like it, so you should go see it. I mean, you know, they don't they don't need your money because it's already made $750,000 in week weekend, too. It's crazy. Is it thousand or million? Million, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Almost a billion, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. How, how does it get the second, the big, the biggest Thanksgiving weekend ever in its second weekend? Um, so, I don't know. That's I, I was kind of surprising. Six years later, there's still that much hype for Frozen, so. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's, it was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, maybe we'll get Frozen 3 then. I guess we can talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so spoilers for Frozen 2 starting now. Um, yeah, I want to... We, we can work in thoughts on some more spoiler sections, but, you know, did it live up to the hype? I think we kind of answered that. Or we, we answered that we were hyped for it, but did you have high expectations for this? And if so, was it... Did it meet them? Um, I was, like... I think how I was drawn was, like, I was cautiously hyped. Like, I knew that, like, you know, there was the possibility that it could be disappointing, but I also was, like, I had faith because, like, they did so well with the first movie that, like, I wanted to believe. I guess I'm on in that way where I just, like, I really wanted to believe that it was going to work out. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I was, I, I guess I, I wanted to, the songs to be good, and I thought they were really good, and I wanted it to be a great character story, and I thought it was a great character story. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have high expectations. I didn't know what to think, but I, I think it lived up to hype on almost every level, with maybe some exceptions, which I could say are my biggest flaws, I guess, with the movie. But um, like, I think there's one area maybe doesn't, it doesn't live up to hype. But like, for inter- the songs are great, the visuals are great, the characters are great. Like mostly, it and it's, it's just, it feels very natural getting back into to Frozen. Like it feels like a. I think it's an impressive sequel. Like, I think there have been a lot of animated sequels recently people haven't thought have lived up to pretty good first movies. This is, I think, going to be considered one of those stronger sequels from this era. Um, maybe just in movies in general. Um, is any any thought on it being better than the first Frozen? Is that blasphemous? Um, I mean, I could say, I would say, like, I personally don't think it's necessarily better. I mean, like, it is maybe more visually striking than the yeah. first movie. Um, but like as a like a cohesive movie, I think the first one works better. Okay. Um, I was entertaining this possibility after the first viewing. I was pretty high on it. I think after second viewing, I'm gonna say no. But I think there's. I, I would say I would say it's more consistent. I think it's more consistent than Frozen One at times. Like I think Frozen One has some real high highs that I'm. I've, I've talked about this with 
in like a past Frozen podcast. I think Frozen One, you got the uh, Let It Go sequence, and then you got the the, the unfreezing uh, sisters twist. Those are two incredible moments, like super yeah. high highs. I don't think there's anything that's as good as either of those moments in this movie. So that's like my general take. But I think I might take a lot of the forest stuff over the mountain or whatever. So I don't know, like where what is their general location in Frozen? Like some of the in between yeah. stuff, like climbing the North Mountain. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think there's more entertaining stuff throughout this movie. So that's why I, I think that's maybe the argument for me in terms of being better. I also think it's very very strong character arc wise for the main characters. Yeah, um, especially Elsa. Yeah. So I think those would be the arguments. I don't think it's absurd to say it's better than Frozen 1, but I would not say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think to some people they're probably going to say no, but it, people seem to like it, so maybe maybe they won't be that upset with proposing that question. Here's a, here's a uh, thing I've seen in a lot of reviews is like, was this movie necessary? Like, that's the question with all these sequels is like, did we need this? We could have just stopped after Frozen 1. Um... Maybe you can tell from the tone, I don't like this question. I think it's kind of stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, is any movie necessary? Yeah, that's my <laughs> like, Sure, we could do it. I mean, maybe we should have less sequels in general. I think so, but I don't know. I found, uh, you can tell me, I have an answer to this. You can tell me if you agree. I think it is, I think this is one of the more necessary sequels. This Frozen 1 has a mythology which does not make any sense. And yeah. this movie really attempts to answer so many things. Yeah. So I actually think it's extreme, extremely necessary. Absolutely. I agree with that. Like, I think that, like, there's so many questions left unanswered after the first movie. Like, why does Elsa have snow powers? What were her parents doing? Like, literally anything about their parents. Um, about the world they live about in. About the world they live yeah. in. About magic and like, and I also think that there was a lot of room to grow with, especially Elsa's character, and that's why I think this movie was so like, like what I was thinking about, like, was it necessary? Like, you know, again, like, is any movie necessary? But like, I think there was a lot of value in taking this movie to explore the characters more and really figure out, like, you know, what they can, how to really push them and all of that. Yeah, I th- yeah, that's even a better answer than expanding on the mythology because honestly, the mythology doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. But the, you're right, the arcs like there is a lot of value added from Elsa's arc here. I think there's value added from Anna's arc. Yeah, too. that one was yeah. harder to decipher for me, and we're going to talk about that. But um, I think there, you, this is a great next step for Elsa's journey that wasn't gotten into in Frozen One. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me give you my two biggest flaws with the movie because that relates to the uh, answering this question of uh, how did Elsa get her powers this is my okay this is one of the two is like this the the central plot premise is like how did Elsa get her powers um, after seeing Frozen 2 twice I still don't know how Elsa got her powers <laughs> I generally have a vague sense of kind of what how it's supposed to work but I don't think this movie made it very clear no I really everything about the fifth spirit was very confusing especially watching the first time and the second time I kind of uh, I could at least you know what to what look they for do- uh, yeah um like w- my interpretation is that like it's just it was a their her powers are like a gift from the spirits because the there was a bridging between um, the two different worlds, the Arendellians and the North Aldrins, though? Yeah, yeah. North Aldrins. Um, when the mom saves their dad. Um, and then, the, and, and then they're the children of, and uh, then they're the children yeah. of this union. Yeah. And, but, like, I mean, to sort of jump ahead to one of my criticisms is, with, which ties into that, is, like, Anna is also the fifth spirit, 
but she doesn't have powers and there's supposed to be this bridge and I felt like that was not really cohesively presented to us. Yeah. Um if the yeah, that's true. If it's like Elsa's <laughs> powers because she's a bridge, it's like no, because Anna's also the bridge. It says that in the movie. Right. But it's like but Anna's the bridge without the power. <laughs> that like this Anna's like the normie end of the bridge and Elsa's the magic end of how, the bridge. How dare you call Anna a normie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's special. She's special in um No, oh, she's wonderful. I love her. <laughs> in some ways, I guess. Um I think I read an interview that the uh, Jennifer I think was talking about or someone was talking about like how they they determine in this movie they're trying to find these characters and it's like Elsa's going through a hero's journey a traditional hero's journey yeah. and then Anna's more of the traditional Disney princess so it's I feel like that's that's what he said and that's like oh yeah the hero's journey is a lot more interesting than the Disney princess that maybe explains some things but um I think that I don't know that I think that it's more complex than a Disney princess journey for Anna um yeah but I think you know maybe the point being they don't want to write Elsa like a tradition you know like Anna's more fits that mold more than Elsa right um but we can yeah we'll get into their arcs in a second okay uh, <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 like because they're they're the parents of because the, of who their parents were and because of spirits and yeah that's I guess those are the answers to why she is about yeah anyway um but it's it, definitely not clear yeah like if you want a literal answer to that question it the movie does not provide one because it's like what they're the bridge but how does that work there's no like concrete mythology like the avatar uh which yeah. we're gonna talk about but um <laughs> there's nothing like you know there it, but it does at least it thematically answers that it. it's like it's because of who their parents were it's because of the system of like magic and spirits in the world it's 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 good enough it's not a, a huge flaw but this is one of the things that stands out it's like uh if this really was the premise of the movie i think we should have maybe answered it clear yeah. um number two the, uh, this is the one that was the biggest thing for me on first watch is that the climax of the movie is very confusing uh, when you first watch it. Uh, I did not understand that Elsa was like dead question mark and that Anna <laughs> thought that she was dead I like Anna sings a whole song about grief about losing Elsa uh, but I didn't know that that, that was that's what it was maybe because I'm dumb but like I didn't know that that's what it was about watching it the first time uh, and then she just unfreezes and then uh, like a bunch it's it, in, until they say some things later like eventually they say what's going on but it is very not spelled out for you what's happening through most of the second act of the movie the second half of the movie i would say yeah i completely agree with all of that like um like as much as i will get into like i really love the show yourself sequence it didn't really click to me that oh this means that elsa is the fifth spirit and then on oh yeah, the, la- yeah <laughs> later she says that it's like oh okay i know i was like literally like sitting there being like okay please explain for the young people in the audience that are children that don't get this because i'm clearly really a dumb adult that doesn't get it and but you have to you must be explaining this for the children <laughs> Yeah, it's no, show yourself. Okay, to, to to get into a second, I think that's like the obvious pick for best sequence of the movie. But mm-hmm. and it's like this powerful thematic sequence for Elsa, but it doesn't answer the like it answers. Eventually, she gets into yeah. a room with like ice projectors and she sees the bad stuff that happened. But in terms of herself, it doesn't spell out the answer for you. And then she says it later. Yeah. I think that's intentional. Yeah, but it's it plays weirdly watching yeah. it the first time. Yeah, and then, like, her going down, and, like, like we're supposed to know, and they hint at it, like, many, many times about how, like, don't go too far, or you will drown, 
um, yeah. or you'll be drowned. And but then Elsa goes down. And it's like, why is she freezing? Why is she dead? What? Yeah, but what does that even mean? Go too far? Like, there's again, there's no like literal. Right. Like, how do you know if you've gone too far? It. Yeah. What is what is that? Okay. Um, and like, she had to go down that far to understand the truth anyway. So it's like, and then it's like, oh, she sacrificed. Yeah. Did she so. do anything wrong? Right. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um. Anyway, and so like, yeah, I like, I was like, so. I was like, okay, she's frozen, but I'm, but like, you know, this is frozen, and like Elsa's not gonna be, end the movie dead. So I'm, I was, I, it didn't really like actually affect me that like she. It was doesn't dead. feel like there's stakes. <laughs> right, there, yeah. right, exactly. And yeah. so then Anna starts like, like she finds out sort of through Olaf that Elsa has gone too far, and yeah, I think she, I like, think it's, I think she thinks. Uh, Elsa's dead after like only way Olaf and his permafrost would melt. Right, but it's Elsa. not that clear when you first watch yeah, it not, what she not. what she's like what she's interpreting, and then she sings this really emotional, powerful song that I really like the song, and I really love like how like it thematically, but like in the movie itself, like I wanted to feel the emotions, but I didn't because I was like, what is she singing about? Is she singing about Olaf going away? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because even I think like you're supposed to, or at least it feels like you're supposed to think that she's singing about Elsa dying. But then my late, I've come around back around to like, the song isn't even about grief. So I, I want to give that interpretation. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of is, but, uh, it's, it's, it's. Or is it about what, what, oh, guess we can get to it. I'll get to it with Anna's arc, yeah. uh, We'll get to it in a second. Yeah. It's, it's, so I think in general, like the plot and mythology presented by this movie are the weak points like uh thematically it's very strong character arcs very strong songs visuals very strong plot slash mythology probably should have been uh spelled out more yeah agree yeah but i also think it's successful despite the plot mythology thing so i think it maybe wasn't that necessary so i think they like purposefully did that i think like they're purposely playing to the themes more than the very yeah. steven universe style <laughs> yes playing to the themes more than the plot yes that annoys me sometimes in steven universe here i thought it worked very well yeah i mean it's even steven universe also works very well but like uh this move this movie never um i think like the meta argument of like if you're going in expecting like how did elsa get her powers then you end up disappointed but like the movie never makes that a super important question it's more it, it's about, it's about Elsa, her finding herself her find, yeah like, which is the theme yeah it's about her finding herself she's hearing the voice she's never like how did i get my powers let's go on an adventure it's like i need to explore what this voice means for me right so i think it's more of like uh, i don't think the movie is i think the movie knows what it's doing basically and like, and i think it's aspects. probably purposely kind of making things unclear i don't know yeah i think it maybe wants to be mysterious yeah and also like what could be a satisfying answer for her having powers um i don't know i think there could have been and i think they presented a cool system of mythology they just didn't take the next step of literally explaining how it connects to elsa yeah it's like she was touched by the water spirits or something you know <laughs> i mean like literally like li- how she contains the part of the water spirit inside her i don't think it has to do with that i think it's i don't i think i think it's just she's this new additional spirit that the four spirits decided to allow as part of their spirit system 
Yeah, I don't think it's that either, but I'm saying that might have been more satisfying if it was those types of things. Then. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, thematically, it wouldn't have matched up. I like That's examples of a more literal ex- explanation. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's enough of that type of thing because, uh, like I said, it's not as important. Okay, so ne- next thing is, or I guess then the last last big question is, like, is this a dark or frozen? A lot of the reviews are like, this is dark, a dark version of frozen. The first trailer was pretty late in the movie, was Elsa trying to get into the water. Um, and she, like, gets... Yeah. pushed b- down and so you hear you hear a lot of meta talk like it's a dark darker version of frozen uh did you see it that way um i don't know i i mean like as someone that does not typically enjoy dark themes in my media i like it didn't bother me um i think it, like it definitely may have been a little bit like had its sort of edgier moments like I also think you know that when they see their parents the moment when they die yeah. I think that was a big a lot mm. of people are some people are upset about that because of how like traumatic that must be to, <laughs> to see that kind of moment and um and, and I, so I think that yeah it does have its darker moments but I think Frozen 1 also had its dark moments yeah I think like, so like, like Anna literally freezes to death yeah, I agree. And, and, the, betra- Han, and the betrayal. And Hans betrayal. being a total manipulative, yeah. gross person. Talked about a lot in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah I agree. I, I do think I do think it's darker because there's a lot of like mentions of death. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, the like Elsa. There's the, like, the whole song about grief. That's like that 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 Donna song is is probably the darkest thing. I yeah. mean, also the scene with the parents when they see that on yeah. the ship, but. Um, I do think it's darker, but it's not like it, without that sort of meta dialogue, I don't think I would have thought of it that much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's slightly darker. Frozen makes sense for the sequel and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's still Frozen. It's still, it's still an uplifting movie. Yeah. Very, generally very happy and um, yeah. a lot of fun parts. Okay. So favorite parts of the movie. Um, is it the show yourself scene? Um, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, like, you know, it's very, like, emotional and powerful. I also, I really love the visuals in the Into the Unknown sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, Are those the two best scenes of the movie? Possibly. Yeah, I think probably, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The two two big Elsa numbers and... uh, yeah. I think, yeah, the visual, they're more subtle in uh, Into the Unknown. Um, oh, yeah, but there's, like, all the sort of the dancing lights that uh, she's following that sort of form the different spirits. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and plus, I really love the the songs as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I like both, love both of those songs. I, yeah, I really like the Show Yourself sequence. That's, uh, that, the visuals on that are really, really good. And if you can, I think there's, like a ton to dig into thematically there which we won't even probably get into much of here um i think there's a ton of depth to that i mm-hmm. wish it was a little bit more concrete it's yeah. very uh vague in the air and uh but that almost makes it more intriguing because there i think there is a lot of depth there it's just not immediately presenting itself to you right like the first time that i watched like it was just this whole like ever so many different things are happening and i yeah. honestly don't even really know what's going on and so it took you know watching having like reflected on it and then watching it the second time to be like okay i think i kind of see what they're doing here but yeah but yeah. I think they're kind of doing that way on purpose because it's supposed to be very thematic and yeah. visual. Yeah, I think so. And like I like I've been saying, I think this part is so visually stunning. This sequence in particular, the show yourself part. Um, yeah, very very uh, happy about that and the the animation behind that. Other other part, other non Elsa singing parts of the movie <laughs> that you really liked. Um, I. 
don't know. I have a, a soft spot for the moment where Anna and Olaf are um, on the picnic blanket, like the beginning of the movie, and they're just kind of like reflecting on life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know why. Pre, some things never change. Yeah. Okay. No, it's just yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like I like that at the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why, but, like, the, the beginning, like, you know, especially, you know, talking about, like, coming in, things felt very cozy, and I mean, I think it was on purpose, you know, they have that whole happy sequence of some things never change, which we'll talk about, but, like, um, you know, and, um, I really liked that, and, um, and I also just really like some things never change in that sequence, too. Yeah, me too, that's one of my favorites, too. Uh, Lost in the Woods is the best novel <laughs> part of the movie. True. It didn't work as well the second time, because yeah. I knew what to expect, but the first time I watched it, this is by far the biggest reaction, is, like, this is... <laughs> nuts yeah, like it was, uh, so it was, absurd and yeah. really funny like i think yeah. this is probably the funniest thing frozen has done either movie yeah uh, and uh they i think they really kill it with the the visuals and the first time i'm like oh my god it's still going and they're going they're watching it you can take in the whole 80s music video and like it's just really well done like it, yeah it slightly escalates more throughout the entire thing there's yeah. like reindeer singing faces on the screen like, I, I really really like that sequence definitely Kristoff's yeah. a little boring this movie but that is like uh makes up for it <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, I would have said I would have thought more of that um, after watching it the first time. I think it definitely stuck out to me the first time. And the second time, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like really ridiculous." <laughs> Uh, I, I I really like the next right thing. Um, I think with the visuals, it's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think. It, I mean, we're just going through the songs now, right? I mean, I think that's the, the, this. I think that's where the movie really shines is the sequences with the songs. Yeah, and I want to say in in a, less of a specific criticism, but I think when songs are happening or when kind of big plot moments are happening, this movie's very good. Watching it the second time, I noticed there are a lot of suspense sequences that involve spirit. one of the spirits attacking them. We do that basically for every spirit. I found those to be the least successful parts of the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's the fire spirit lighting a fire around. We're going to spend 10 minutes. To... And it's like this is necessitated by the the plot structure of narrative structure of how animated movies has to go have to go for kids you have to have some action in there and this is a movie like you know without a a straight up villain and so you have to have these like sequences with the spirits like wreaking havoc but um those are pretty boring to watch a second time uh yeah those are actually the sequences that i thought were the most boring the first time like when i was watching this movie i was like okay this act of the movie where they're just in the forest dealing with the spirits i'm like this is not very exciting to me (laughs) yeah i think there's good stuff in the act like i like the north aldra interactions yeah like uh them lost in the woods i like you know like there's stuff but it's eventually though they they cut back they cut to a a spirit suspense sequence and then we go do a more interesting thing and then we go back to so yeah um they weren't badly done or anything it's just it felt uh, I think it felt a little structured the second time watching. It. It's like this is uh, inserted to add drama here. Yeah. Drug. Yeah. Didn't work that well for me. Visual, visu- visually nice, and uh, I do like the spirit designs and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talk about what's the little little is it Bruni the little lizard? I think you got a name in the movie, but <laughs> he's, he's cute. Yeah, I like the little lizard. Little lizard. I guy. like the horse. The horse. The, the water horse. Yeah, okay. I, I read that today. <laughs> I don't know where people are getting this from, but... They might say it in the movie at some point. Uh, yeah. uh, Gail, they say Gail's name. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, I think that this, the stone giants are the worst part of the four. Yeah. They don't really get a sympathizing sequence. So. I mean, like, toward the, by the end when they're, they're helping, helping yeah, Anna, they're and helping, then they yeah. have a nice moment with Anna and Elsa, they're like, yes. After, like, the very end of the yeah. movie, they're friendly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. 
Okay, so we can hit on other favorites as we go, I think, through some more stuff here. Um, we've talked about the songs. We can go... We you know we all, all we haven't talked much about all is found the lullaby. Um, I feel like the most notable thing about this song, other than it's, I do really that's another one of my favorite scenes is the the first scene with um, young Elsa and Anna. Mm, yeah, which I am glad we saw because um, do you want to build a snowman? Is one of my favorite parts of the mm, first Frozen. Yeah, so I'm glad we got at least a little bit of that. But um, I, I feel like the most notable thing is that this song permeates kind of all the rest of the music of of the movie. Yeah, it's definitely a theme that stays throughout and returns a bunch of times. Or are they? Are they at least like they mention the song, or they sing it again? Yeah, or like it's heard in the background. That plus the the um, the the voice that Elsa hears. Yeah. those two are themes. That those do come back, back yeah. frequently in the yeah. songs. Yeah, um, I think it's good. Um, it's not one I find myself listening a lot to when listening back on the soundtrack. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a really sweet um, lullaby scene, and also um, I, I like how it's sort of a sort of a, it's like how it's in the same way that Frozen One had that sort of opening song that foreshadow the movie. Mm. It's it serves the same mechanism as like this is a song that's going to foreshadow everything that happens. To yeah. The movie. Oh yeah. You watch the movie back, and they do uh, they basically spell out the entire end of the movie in the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of find that annoying it's not necessary i mean but did you see the ending coming when you watched it the first no, time no that's why it doesn't do anything like it, it it doesn't like i guess it's supposed to be foreshadowing but uh it's, a, <laughs> it's more of like an easter egg if you watch it again yeah because <laughs> you, you're not paying attention enough the first time to really understand yeah all of the yeah it, it's not, it doesn't out. make sense until you see it again but yeah, yeah. The, 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 oh, but the, i like it though the way okay. it does that i mean i like those kinds of things where they do that then you watch it again it's like oh yeah yeah a lot of narratives do this so yeah. not a specific frozen complaint no um some things never change uh this is so similar to steven universe's here we are in the future <laughs> like the fact that it's just happily it, ever after or uh is, is, i forget i forget it's, whichever it's called whichever's yeah called. <laughs> um it's it's they're both like musical setting the stages so of course it's similar in that regard they're not like breaking new ground but it's also just like they're, they're sequel things, and it's like people are older now, and we're establishing this. And yeah, we're older, and we're in a really great place right now. Yeah. Let's hope nothing changes. Yeah, no, literally, they both say that. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I like both of them. I really like this one. Yeah, too. <laughs> I think I think the here we are in the future is stronger. Like they also cut to each character. Mm-hmm. Let's check in on them. Yeah. They can sing a verse. Yep, yep. So they're like this exact same thing. I think here we are in the future is the better cut to each character parts mm-hmm, yeah um, that really summarizes their arc yeah i think like the like the pearl part's really strong and i like so I, but i think this is this is I, I really like this song too yeah yeah um yeah into the unknown this is the one this is supposed to be the new let it go they keep is playing it, it. Um, and then it's like oh but show yourselves actually the new let it go and like they're both the new let it yeah, go but i mean it's the new sort of single that's like supposed right. to be I, elsa's I, big song yeah and i kind of agree with this being the new single because show yourself is yeah. more specific to the yeah movie. i definitely wouldn't Safe like, I, yeah. I think Show Yourself is the better song, but like yeah. this, it's, it's, it's very uh, con- con- context specific to yeah. Elsa Arc, Unto the Unknown. I think just, it's, I think it's really good, Into the Unknown. Yeah, I really like, it's, it's really good for sort of introducing Elsa's arc in the movie, which we'll be talking about more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to be like, Let It Go versus Into the Unknown. Okay. <laughs> which one's better? I don't know. I think... I like them both, but I think that Let It Go as, like, thematically the lyrics are better um, because they really kind of 
give off the story of Elsa sort of unraveling um, like her starting off sort of slow and sm- and quiet and like starting off like with the expectations of herself and then like ending with like being really open about who she is and I really think that I like the lyrics a little bit more but Into the Unknown also is just really great <laughs> um, and um, Adina Menzel really kills it um, yeah that's kind of how I feel I th- yeah we can talk more when we talk about Elsa's story okay uh let it go over, show yourself over into the unknown. That's my ranking. Yeah. 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 I think let it go. Let it go. I think it's there's it, it's interesting because show yourself in some ways is a stronger sequence in, in conceptually, but let it go is just so successful. Like the song is better, um, yeah. and it's very powerful, and it's yeah. very clear and powerfully presented. I yeah. think like so. I think that's that sequence is still really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that Into the Unknown is like now better than Let It Go. Yeah. Okay. But it is. But it, it's really good, and the sequence is really good in the movie. Um, when I am older, the Olaf song of the movie. Um, <laughs> it's 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 fine, it's, right? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there's a spoiler for the Olaf discussion. He's su- he's shockingly not super annoying this movie. Yeah, that's what that's what I said <laughs> to Dylan earlier. I, like, I, I use the same thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. He's complete. He's actively funny at parts. Yeah. Okay. And the song and, is and fine. insightful. He, he, he helps. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, reindeers are better than people. Continued. Um, this isn't really. A new it's song. just an introduction. I don't know to why it's on song. the soundtrack. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lost in the woods. Uh, amazing. Perfect. <laughs> flawless. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I was really disappointed actually that there wasn't a Kristoff song in the first movie. Like, I don't think this is the movie needed it, but I really like Jonathan Groff. I mean, I'm not, like, a stan, but I think he's a great singer. Um, so I was excited that he had his own song in this movie. Yeah, you sound like the Jonathan Groff stands because I heard a lot, like, why didn't he have a mo- song in the first movie? <laughs> he's such a good singer. Like, and so there you go. And he, all, and, uh, he has a cut song as well. I, I know, we're not going to talk about it now, but at the end of the podcast, I'll talk about the ones that are on the soundtrack that didn't make the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the song's really good. His voice is really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, this, it's a really killer 80s power ballad. Yeah, and it's... The song is shockingly works on its own without like the way schmaltzy over the top like sequence visual sequence. <laughs> like you just listen to the song, it's like oh this is a legit song, and then it's like completely made fun of the type of song it is in the movie. Yeah, and it works either way. I think it works yeah. like as a parody or just as a normal yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I really like all, everything about that. Show yourself. Um, we re- we really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And then the next right thing. Um, I, I it's it's a very different type of song for Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 very powerful. I think it shows off um, Kristen Bell's uh, voice very well mm-hmm. um, in a way that we hadn't heard. I mean, she's some great songs in Frozen One, but yeah. I think she's so good in this song. Yeah, she. Didn't, I don't think she had as many songs with the same kind of emotional depth in yes, the first movie, yes. and I think this is what really gets. That. Yeah. Okay. So I, I really like that. Um, I uh, the next right thing is the last song. Like I think there could have easily been an ending song to the yeah. movie. There's not. That that surprises me. Yeah. Didn't you have a commentary about the next right thing not being about grief? Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in an honors arc. Okay. So oh. Let's talk about Elsa first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you explain my whole theory of honors arc. That okay, I babe. Today. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, it's 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 a uh, legit. Okay? okay. We'll see if you agree. But Elsa's uh, more important, as everyone says. Um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of like tweets. It's like, oh, 
Elsa's so interesting. Anna's not interesting. You know, like two. If there's two girls, they have to dress up as Anna and Elsa. One's clearly bad. It'll get the gets the better costume. You know, that's like a criticism of Frozen. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think Anna's great. Yeah. No, Anna's wonderful. Okay. Elsa is more interesting though. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I think the movie does a lot more for Elsa's character than uh, at, le- at least more like it's more um, overt. Uh, yes. Elsa's very flashy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. Okay, so let's talk about Elsa's arc. Give me the, your, give me what your read, uh, on Elsa's arc, because it could be the short version, doesn't need to hit on every beat, but, um. Well, what I was sort of reflecting on was sort of how, where she's at in Frozen 1 is sort of, you know, breaking free of, like, she's running away from like people that have held her back and she's like okay I'm gonna let it go and be myself but she's still not really understanding and comfortable with who she is I mean she sort of she does grow in that movie and where she sort of grows to you know see love as greater than fear which is something that kind of she can return to in this movie um but what I think was really great about this movie is how she embarks on really understanding who she is and where she actually wants to be because she starts off you know in this movie she's the queen but she doesn't it doesn't really feel right to her like it doesn't feel like this is where she's supposed to be and that's why she has this big into the unknown sequence because she's got she's drawn to the voice which is symbolically this potential other thing that she could be called to be doing that's not where she is right now and it's really scary to go off and explore these other ways of being that are so different from the way that you've always been um but what I love about her arc in this movie is that she really gets to understand who she is and feel really free to be herself and celebrate what makes her different um and embrace her magic Embrace our magic, yeah. Embrace yeah. our powers, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I really agree with that. I, I, you basically said it, but I think it's it's at the end of Frozen One, uh, Elsa's like queen, and like she, this is the role she's mm-hmm. forced into, and this, I think it's a lot about her finding that she doesn't want to societally conform in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, I think it's a very very broad arc that speaks to many of us about yeah. how <laughs> we find the type of person that we are that is not what we are expected to be mm-hmm. by the position we're put in or by society and mm-hmm. we find what's right for us and so I love how Elsa goes from being it's like kind of shocking at the end Anna's queen Elsa's not queen of course and the, mo- the beginning of the movie uh, Elsa's like being queen and she's like playing charades with her family in the castle it's like this is not where Elsa should be like Elsa's not playing charades here well I yeah, she didn't seem to be very happy. I think the movie also <laughs> does a good job of, despite it's like Elsa shouldn't be queen and necessarily living in the castle, she still should be with Anna. Right. That's I, I really like that the movie can balance those two things because I'm convinced that she still has a relationship with Anna but doesn't necessarily need to be living with her co-doing uh, their jobs together or whatever. And, like, so, and right. she's going off and finding a place where she feels that she can be more of herself, which I think works as uh, being in the forest yeah. with who she naturally is, I guess, yeah. uh, with the spirits. See, I've, peop- I've seen people argue that Elsa shouldn't be out in the forest by herself slash with, with these new people she's just met because, you know, she grew up in this such, like, a confined 
um, you know, castle home where she barely interacted with anyone and she was basically always on her own and now she should be with Anna who loves and supports her so she can heal from all of the trauma of her youth because Anna loves her and she needs that support or something. Yeah, um, I think that's the most striking thing is she's not living with Anna at the end. Yeah. And it is very striking, and I understand why people have a reaction to that. I think that she can have a relationship with Anna and not be next to her all the time. Yeah, I think that is kind of what the movie's trying to do. And I mean, we can talk about it because there is something that kind of... Like, I'm trying... I was, I'm still trying to sort of put together how I feel about how Elsa and Anna's arcs interacted in this movie and how they kind of how their relationship worked in this movie um but like like do they like they i think that they can you know support each other together but also they don't need to always be together yes i think that yeah yeah i think that uh and it's i think it's better for elsa to not necessarily need to be with Anna all the time uh, yeah what works for they're very different people and yeah. i think it's very cool that they're very different people but they love each other so much yeah elsa does not need to be in royal duties all the yeah. time but maybe that works for anna right um so they just uh, yeah so and and that get, and i think it also works for anna getting into and and we can come and we can circle back to elsa's arc more, but in general i think like it's very powerful speaks to a lot of us maybe the criticism will be it's very broad um yeah. come back i'll come back to the, the queer themes i guess so because i want to talk about anna's arc because we we're just talking about their relationship so yeah so i think you mentioned that uh anna's arc is not as clear after first viewing and maybe yeah. you have new thoughts on it after the second viewing i definitely have new thoughts on it let me present my theory and yeah. tell me if you agree okay, with this okay anna this movie is all about learning to live without elsa hmm okay yeah. so anna is always mentions elsa always brings always checks on how Elsa's yeah. doing constantly is talking about Elsa in the beginning of this movie. Um, she's the younger sister. She's very into her older sister. She grew up in, as a role model. And uh, and then she was shut out and she was obsessed with being yeah. able to hang out with her sister who would never talk to her. Yeah. And now <laughs> Anna has a life that she could live that does not need Elsa there 24-7. But she is not accepting it. Yeah. The Kristoff proposal thing really bothered me until I kind of understood that it's supposed to tie into the Anna's, Anna's arc of living without Elsa. Yeah. If you look, a lot of the failed Kristoff proposals are disrupted because Elsa yeah. is interfering or because right. Anna is it's like, oh, I have to go check Elsa. on Elsa. Yeah. Kristoff can't, Kristoff, it's a symbol, it's a metaphor. Kristoff can't propose to Anna. They can't live their lives together because Anna is too obsessed with Elsa. And so once... Yeah. And, you know, obsessed is, you know, it's good that it's good that they have a relationship, but Anna needs to be independent. So once she is able at the end of the movie learns that she has her own life to live, Kristoff is able to propose. They're able to be more successful in their relationship. She can be she's uh, she's queen and she can be maybe she's better in that role. Um, So on like and and that's why Anna's big number is about losing Elsa and what that means to her. And Mm. she decides on like uh, I and that's why I think it's like not necessarily about grief because. Um, it's also just about generally moving on from Elsa. It's like, it's like yeah. Elsa died, but I still have to move on. Or it's like, I need to move on without Elsa. I can't always have her there to support me 24 seven. I need to learn how to live my own life. So I think that song is also generally just saying that. I like this theory. It's finally put some things together in my head <laughs> okay. that have been very confused. Okay, so I it appreciate it. <laughs> okay, it doesn't need to be true though. So tell I know, me but you're... no, but I, but I think that, but that sort of makes sense. With I mean, it helps me to process. If, if that is true, it helps me to kind of process 
it because like I like I mean I was just kind of going more like sort of the emotion her sort of emotional arc about you know starting in this you know comfy place where she has everyone and like yeah that kind of follows what you're saying like you know she has everyone and then she's pushed to a place where she can realize how strong and brave she is on her own and even when so she doesn't need other people to feel like things are okay Mm. or at least feel like she can move forward even then things are not okay yeah generally about independence even yeah. without the also factor yeah like and and that kind of, so that like i wanted to bring up there's something that kind of you know i can't figure out how i feel about it is is Elsa pushing Anna away when she when Elsa needs to go uh, out the dark sea to onto Holland and Anna wants to go with her and then she like sticks Anna and Olaf in that ice boat all away and I was like you know can't they have like a conversation about this like why does Elsa have to force Anna away against her will and like I guess it kind of works if the idea is that you have to force Anna to accept not being with Elsa, but it's also like slightly unsympathetic to me for for Elsa to just kind of like push Anna away. I think it's an unsympathetic move. Um, yeah, I think I think it's like at some point you just have to force the other person to let go, and I think that's yeah. what she's doing. She need Anna needs to let go. Anna needs to um, let go. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she, it's like uh, Elsa is Anna's like always. Oh, we need you need uh, you need to tell me. We need to be there. I need to be there for you. And Elsa at some point needs to be. I'm allowed to do this on my own. Yeah, girl, bye. Um, yeah, which isn't the it, you know it is slightly unsympathetic, and she should have talked about it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a dramatic uh, movie yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like in reality, hopefully they have a conversation about it, and they do later because they're reconciled and stuff. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, it's interesting from Elsa's perspective too. It's like um, I don't know how much she's thinking like Anna needs her independence versus like I think it's I think she's selfishly thinking like I need to do this on my own. Yeah. But also, I think maybe you could give her credit as an older sister. Like, this is what's best for Anna, too. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Because, like, I think... Because going back to the first movie, like, Elsa kept pushing Anna away. And it's like, well, Elsa's just keeping pushing Anna away versus, like, was she not supposed to learn at the end of the first movie that she needs the love in her life to be happy and control her Yeah, powers. maybe maybe they overcorrect. Maybe in Elsa's mind she overcorrected. Like, uh, now we're to... We're... Okay, now you're, like, constantly following yeah. me everywhere. <laughs> right. And, like, I love you, but give me a moment to, like, do my thing. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> exactly. It's great that... I'm not pushing you away now and we're together now but we can yeah. still be together and I have some independence yeah, yeah. I think that's and I think that's what the entire end of the movie is like yeah. her, her going and like she's in a different place but they still send a letter and it's like we'll meet for charades on on Saturday or whatever like it yeah so there's uh, a <laughs> yeah. I, I think the movie is definitely trying to say that um, other parts of Anna's arc that you wanted on um I don't think so Okay. Um, I mean, I guess, like, it's sort of... I, well, okay, now that I think... I think that... No, I guess I kind of already touched on it. But, yeah, she kind of... I think there's a lot of maturing that Anna goes through by realizing um, that, like, how she can still be in control when everything feels like it's not in control. Yeah. That's what uh, Olaf says. That's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, well, I wanted to say, like, you know, I think it kind of illustrates why maybe being queen is actually something that she would be fit for. Because I've seen people criticize that Anna's a bit too, like, 
uh, her head's kind of all over the place. How could she be in such a role where she has to be more controlled? And I think that, you know, her having this sort of growth in the movie shows that she has a lot of emotional maturity um, and can handle things even when there's a lot of chaos. Yeah, I think so. I mean, after after the... Uh... After her song at the end, she uh, has a clear plan and yeah. executes a very a very mature moment. And, yeah. And also, I, I really love the moment when Kristoff uh, uh, picks her up and it's like, uh, "What do you need me to do?" And yeah, and it's uh, and and she's and it's like like still letting her like mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. There's a moment of she was saved by yeah. the guy, but it's like and she's still it's she's still leading the charge. Yeah. And being extremely supportive. And yeah. That was like the best look for their relationship, I think, all movie. Yeah, that was definitely the best Kristana moment. Kristana. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, lost in the woods in general. It's all about. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that, of course, that was a fun moment. But I mean, like in terms of their relationship. <laughs> Not was... the proposal at the end. Um, we can get to that. Okay. <laughs> Talk about Kristoff. Um, okay, back to, going back to Elsa. So th- this question of, uh, like, is, is, did this movie do, uh, let, hashtag let Elsa, was it? Let give Elsa, Elsa a girlfriend. Give Elsa a girlfriend. We had a whole podcast where they talked about this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we're interested in queer themes on this podcast. So we want to talk about this is, um, Elsa does not get a girlfriend in this movie. No. On the surface. No. Yeah. Were you disappointed by that? I was. I was not expecting it whatsoever. Right. So the thing is, like, <laughs> if you, li- I think if you listen back to our podcast, it's like no one really expected it to happen. So yeah. we're not like let down by our expectations. Yeah. But that being said, is it still disappointing though? Like, um, I, I guess in a broad sense, yes. But I also think that you know Elsa didn't need to get a girlfriend in this movie because. <gasps> Be- in That's this movie, <laughs> um, Frozen Three is okay, like all I'm kind of, all for it, yeah. <laughs> but but Elsa needed to like get with herself. <laughs> it's about if if this movie makes it about her finding herself, so right. like you know, a good a good place to find yourself is on your own. Yeah, before you be with right. Someone. Yeah. yeah, I think she, I think she's in a better place to be in a relationship now that she really understands who she is and can celebrate who she is. Yes, uh, I think it's hard to criticize the movie for not giving us a girlfriend because none of us remotely expected it. It's like, how do you even? Like it should, I guess it should have. But I think what they did was really good. I want to praise the movie for not giving Elsa a boyfriend. You will, yeah. Um, that's the first thing. It's like she's a heroine and does not have a male love interest ever. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I think on a this movie, like we said, it's less about the literal, more about the themes. I do think Elsa has a ton of queer themes. This movie, mm-hmm. I think the everything we talked about with finding yourself, finding the place where you belong, following finding... this voice that's like a siren. <laughs> She literally says, that's Like a gay. female voice. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> I like that interpretation. Um, and just like finding your place not conforming to society. You can apply all those things to like finding who you are in a queer sense, yeah. sexuality wise or gender wise or anything. Yeah. Um, and I think it is intentional. Yeah. On the filmmaker's part. To whatever extent that... It is allowed to be question mark. It is, um, I feel like, I think this is way more than anyone expected them to do. Because not only does this movie have big queer themes for Elsa, there's a potential love interest that is introduced, mm-hmm. who she goes to live with at the end. Yep. <laughs> who is Honeymarin. Uh, 
the Northaldrian main girl, but she, the problem is they have one scene together, yeah. and it's plot-oriented. Yeah, oh, but, but I did see the second time around where they're holding hands, but she's also yeah, holding oh, hands with, like, the, okay, with like, the leader. Like, okay, it's the scene where it's the three yeah, of them? Yeah, I think, I think maybe there's another time where they hold hands, okay. which I would be all for. I just didn't notice them holding hands, but they do, do see the, um, <laughs> her and the mom, because I think that's her mom is the leader, oh, yeah. Honey Marin's mom, and then Honey Marin. Yeah. Um, and it's like, the brother's not there, that's purposeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Mom is there, but that's annoying. I guess my, your mom can be there. Yeah, but but she says, like, oh, you need to be here with us. Yeah. Because she loves Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> so are you shipping the Honey Marin and Elsa? Well, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure or yes? Um, I mean, they don't get a lot of content in this movie for me to be like, they have excel- ex- um, excellent chemistry, so perfect for each other. I mean, of course I'm going to ship it, but it's not like they have, like, a lot of um content to go with go for that you know yeah the issue is they have one scene together and then we see them together at the ends yeah i do ship them but it is one scene Uh, i think like the criticism would be show them in a few more scenes together honey marin and elsa because it is important that she has a specific potential love interest and that makes me like i mean frozen 2 is doing so financially successful it's like they're definitely make a frozen 3 although uh jennifer lee um i think is in charge uh yeah jennifer she, lee, she's yeah. in charge of all of disney animation now so yeah. maybe that prevents her from making the next movie i don't know well i think i was listening to the pod the inside frozen podcast where she was interviewed and i think she was just saying like you know they're like she, now she's sort of getting used to this new role so i think she's maybe not um at, at the moment but i think she's like give us like a year and then maybe we'll <laughs> yeah um yeah maybe, maybe it's possible but yeah so it's like you would think that they would make frozen 3 considering how successful this is yeah. the problem is the next step is to have a uh, open the next movie with elsa and honey Marin dating like that is the next logical step for this uh, arc i think <laughs> maybe no i think yes i think like if it's their time skip like she's what is she's been living there and i mean maybe they're just not interested in this relationship but or, or maybe there's just been a really really long build up and then and then they have their get together moment Right, maybe it happens in the like. What regardless, you explore the two of them together in the movie. Like, I honestly, I think that's genuinely the next logical step for what they present with Elsa this arc romantically. Hmm. And it's like, did, would Disney even do that with Frozen Three? So in that regard, it's like, can they even make Frozen Three? Because I feel like you have to do that in this regard. It, like, Frozen Two is not a big letdown in terms of queer rep because it what they did made sense after the first movie with Elsa. But now it will be a big letdown if they don't give Elsa a girlfriend in Frozen 3 because now it does make sense to give her a girlfriend. Yeah, unless like, they decide that she's ace or something. Yeah, I mean, that would be the other... Yeah, I think that's another strong interpretation as you see Kristoff and Anna together. Yeah, and then um, at the very beginning when they're like playing with the like snow dolls. Oh yeah, when they're kids, it's like uh, Anna's like, everyone get married. And, and also, and they kiss. Yeah, I do think that's another strong interpretation. It's, it's always it's always this question when talking about potential like is this character gay it's like where are they it's like i guess we could i guess we could go either direction yeah but it's uh because they won't show either right them. but so i mean we don't really it, it, know. yeah <laughs> yeah um so i don't know i guess i guess uh that's a hot i don't know if that's a hot take that i'm happy with the overall queerness of elsa in this movie mm-hmm. um the big criticism would be not giving her and honey Marin more scenes but i think the themes are very strong i agree okay um, I, I I will be upset though five years from now when we're talking about Frozen 3 and it doesn't happen yeah 
show the uh, open Frozen three three years later on Elsa and Honey Marin's wedding. Yes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> they could do that, right? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yep. Chad, uh, uh, Anna and Kristoff are already married, have like three oh, yeah, children. I guess so. But they're not as important. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could open on their wedding too, but that's well. The, less people are expecting like a wedding short or something, like we did with Tangled. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's boring. Um, okay, uh, tri- I guess getting to Kristoff in a second. Um, yeah. We talked about most of the mythology stuff. Um, the thing with their parents, uh, their mom being Northaldrian. I mean, that's not. There's not a lot of details in the movie about that. Yeah. But she is. Yeah. I assume she knows it. Does the dad know it? I think that's. I, less I guess that, like I think like it was like he didn't know that she was the one that saved him. But does she? Does he? But know does she... he know that she came from? Like he would have questions. Like you how did assume. you come? You would assume. He would that assume. Yeah. But but there's like that moment where they're looking at the like the water memory of their parents in the ship. Um, yeah. and you can kind of hear some of their, was it, was it there, was it, mm, oh no, maybe it was, because there's so many different water memory moments in this movie that it's hard to keep track of which one is which, but there's a moment where her, like, you can hear their parents talking and the mom was like, oh, I have to tell you something about my past. And it's like, oh, it, so she does tell him. So I'm okay. assuming that she's going to tell him so, at some point. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's, that was long-winded, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's earlier <laughs> in the movie, that memory you're talking about. I think because they don't, it's vague and they don't answer it yet. It's like they leave it open-ended. No, I think it's towards the end. Or is it towards the whatever. Um, uh, hot take, the water's memory stuff really annoyed me. <gasps> wow. Didn't need to hear it ten times, Olaf, that water has memory. First don't of all, I... it's not real. <laughs> it's like, well, you just said it, like, ten, like, shut up, Olaf. This is the one, I guess I said I wasn't annoyed by Olaf, but this is the one thing I was annoyed by Olaf wow. about. Surprised. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like something that you do, where because you have your theories, like oh, so maybe I should think of it. I should put myself in Olaf's (laughs) shoes that his theory was confirmed. I would mention it a lot too. Yeah, you like you you think about how many theories that you just mentioned a billion times on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Or you have the moments like, yep, that goes along with my water's memory, my lion is pink diamond theory. Well, I don't appreciate being called out about this. This is a good point, though. Uh, I I honestly thought of you and Olaf's. Oh, yeah. Am I just Olaf? Am I? Is that bad? No. (laughs) You're cute like Olaf. Yay. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, okay. Well, we're talking about Olaf. Uh, I don't know. Olaf recites a lot of facts. Uh, the best Olaf scene is he re, re, uh, uh, reenacts the Frozen one. Oh, you liked that? Yeah, did you not like it? Uh, or are you surprised I liked it? I, I don't know. I, I liked it more the first time. Um, I, I, all the humor worked better the yeah, first time for me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we yeah. didn't laugh when we watched it. No. <laughs> Sad. There may have been like one moment that I left. I don't even remember what it was though. Yeah, I don't know. It was something small. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I thought it was really funny. Like yeah. that, that could have like, been a gag that was easily stupid, but uh, it was just executed very yeah, well. Yeah, I think it. I think I, I liked how they did that. I, I when I was I was listening to the that podcast where I think it was with Jennifer Lee and she was talking about how this is actually something that they added fairly late in the in the mm. process of making the movie like in August or something like because they needed some way this to year? yeah like they I think I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what she meant because she mentioned it's August ridiculous if that's true um um but they needed because like it just didn't work how they were leading up to like how do all of the North Aldrins know about like what's happened with Elsa and who she is and blah 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 blah. Mm. 
And then Jennifer Lee has, like, this realization, like, oh, we could just have Olaf explain, <laughs> explain the whole thing and just take Josh Gad into a sound studio yeah. and have him reenact uh, the movie. <laughs> did they write it? Did he, did he improv it? P- potentially i don't know it together or something something yeah. like that I don't yeah. know. He's, he's very funny olaf yeah. is and the reactions from the the general yeah he's yeah <laughs> yeah i guess uh, general matthias uh i i think he's a strong character the most prominent new character i think out of, yeah i think he, i think he's a good character um he has the personal content with the uh the woman in in Arendelle. Yeah, I didn't really understand the first time I watched it, like if they were like married or they were just. I think he just had a crush on her before yeah. he left, and it's been so long. You know, they rekindle it. I, I like it. Um, yeah, he, he's good. I yeah, I, I want to say uh, I begrudgingly say Olaf is very funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I think that's the other. Okay. Um. The oh, the but other... the water is water is memory thing annoyed you. Yeah, but uh, now you're making me see it a different way. I, do want, to appre- I want to appreciate that his theory came true. But he thought it was a fact. Like he's like, this is definitely true. It's like, no, that's not real. Like maybe in your weird mythology, this is real. I guess. Uh, okay. Well. Okay. One thing that I saw um, is that people were talking about how water's memories is sort of metaphorical to some people in the way that like the like your body can hold memory and that so like things that have happened to you in your past can like come up and affect you in different ways like that's how like people can like because like um um people who like have like chronic pain may have had some kind of like trauma in the past and it's like their body speaking to them in some way it's like a trauma metaphor yeah it's interesting yeah yeah that makes it more interesting there yeah. you go Thank you, thank you for adding some depth to it for me to latch on to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, mythology, uh, Avatar stuff. So yeah. there's four elements. They literally say water, earth, fire, air in the beginning. Um, which, to, <laughs> to be fair, is not original to Avatar. It's from like Hindu mythology. Uh, there's spirits. And then literally there's the, they say it's the bridge between spirits. That's like so on the nose with the language that that is like what the Avatar is. It's the Avatar <laughs> Last Airbender, of course. The bridge between the spirit world and the human world. And then at the end, it's like, I'm not just the bridge. We're the bridge. So they're like co-avatars on Anelsa. Is um, that like, um, no, I'm blanking on their names. Asami. Asami's <laughs> not Cora. a co- yeah. how, dare, okay, how dare you blank on their names? That's not acceptable. Uh, Asami's yeah, never the avatar, but I think that's it. I know. <laughs> but, they're, but they're walking into the spirit world at the spirit end. Spirit portal together. The spirit portal together, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. <laughs> honorary avatar Asami. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of avatar references, and it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> That's fine. The bridge thing is, I feel like, the, the, other than listing the elements, but it's like the elements are pre-Avatar. But the bridge, I mean, the bridge thing is probably also a real thing, but it's just very Avatar reminiscent. Yep. Yeah. Uh, any, I mean, no other, the other comments on them being the bridge, I feel like it's... Uh, the, like, we uh, already talked about it. It was kind of confusing. Nothing, yeah, nothing <laughs> okay. um, Aaron Dale's backstory on colonialism, we don't have time to get into this. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron, the white people are the evil people, you know, that's... Uh, the history is not what it seems. History is not what it seems. <laughs> uh, yeah, this uh, this is, I, I, you know, you're expecting it to go in this direction. It's still satisfying that it does go in this direction, I think. There is something progressive about Disney doing this. Um, and I think, like, the main... I, I was in reading an interesting article by Emily Vanderwerf about how this moment of, like... Uh, Arendelle is going to be destroyed and how that would be like retributions um and uh 
the uh the, this this entire arc plays out in frozen 2 emily says but when it comes time for the film to deal with its most close consequential idea that to put right what once went wrong on and Elsa will have to destroy arendale it blinks and lets everybody live so it like is about to be really progressive and says like we actually have to take consequences against the oppressors and then there aren't consequences in the end they do save arendale it's a very it's an interesting topic um yeah. i don't think we need to dig yeah. into it i found it progressive that the movie had Anna break the dam. I thought that yeah. was powerful. Like Anna intended for Arendale to be destroyed. Right. Yes, they, the, yes yeah. they Disney it out at the end and let Arendale live. But I think that also has reason to do that for other parts. of. I don't think it's just because Disney needs things to be okay. I think there are other reasons to let Arendale live, like to, to make Anna be queen and stuff. Right. Um, and I don't, like, I don't think that it necessarily makes things better if Anna Arendelle is destroyed. It's not, you, you do, like, it's not, like, it's like, it might be, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's a, a complicated subject. This is a high-level <laughs> argument. Uh, <laughs> it, I think they constructed a situation where that is true, but in the real world, that is not true, necessarily. Yeah. Um, but regardless, symbolically. Okay. But I still found the fact that Anna intended to destroy Arendelle to make up for the past Anna being one of the main characters, a traditional Disney princess, and she wanted to do that, I found that to be very powerful. Yeah. I do think it's a little bit negated by the, them immediately going after that and uh, Elsa coming in and saving the the thing, but I don't think it completely, completely negates it, would be what I would say. Okay. Okay. Um, that, that could be a whole other podcast. It's very interesting how the movie handles that. Uh, Kristoff, uh, we talked a lot about him, but he's just trying to propose a lot the whole movie. Um, I wish she did... He, he, has, he has a small thing with the... Uh, Honey Marin's brother. Um, I w- could have maybe used more scenes with them as well about their friendship. That might have given him something non-proposal related to do. Yeah, I don't know. I felt his storyline was the weakest. Um, I definitely thought that until Lost in the Woods, which almost makes up for it. And then until <laughs> I do think that Anna tying his story into what my interpretation of Anna's art gives him gives a little more depth, but not necessarily on his end. Yeah. Um, I'm a little sick of the reindeer gag, gotta say, him talking for the reindeer. Yeah. It's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't mind it that much. Just such it's a like, dopey voice. Yeah. I mean, I wish that it wasn't like in the first song, but yeah. He can't help it. Kristoff always has to. Yeah. Talk for Sven. Okay. And then Olaf. So we talked about Olaf. Um, I mean, Olaf has depth. He's like afraid of change, and he's like, I like. It's interesting that they present him as a big kid like a kid like yeah a, but he's like a smart kid yeah a smart kid that's also thinking like oh everything will make sense when i am older and ev- adults know everything yeah but really he's smarter than any of them <laughs> yeah um yeah, the most surprising about frozen is that olaf is like this mascot character but it's actually not bad i don't know i feel like that's yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should hate olaf and what he stands for but he's actually a pretty good character yeah, and I and I thought it was good how he got so he got some time to like express his emotions, um, like talking to like Anna how he was feeling angry and and learning about change. You know, it was good. Okay, yeah, I think so. I want to quickly go through the outtake songs from the. Um... Wait, but can we before we do that? I wanted to go back to the Kristoff thing because we we one thing that. Um we had talked about was that we kind of wished that Anna had proposed to Kristoff. Yes. Because that would have been more progressive. But and do when, you, when you say we talked about it, you and me before yes, the podcast. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, that Because that would have been more progressive and it would have been like Anna, you know, you know, maybe 
deciding, oh yeah, like I want to marry Kristoff, but maybe it doesn't work as well. I don't know. You mean now that I've thought about Anna's arc differently? Yeah. Is that, um, I, I kind of more understand why they didn't do that because it it's it would it's hard to get Anna from the point of like I need to focus more on myself and and not obsess with Elsa to right specifically like, I need to propose, propose to, to yeah Christoph. that would take a lot of, and they didn't have time I think yeah. that's probably why yeah but uh, we bring that up because there is an outtake song yes. get this right <laughs> in which Anna ends up proposing to Kristoff yeah it's a it's a good song would have been a good thing to do um, I guess it just doesn't fit with the structure of the movie yeah uh, there's home. Which is uh, on a song. Um, it's cute. It's cute. It sounds like, I forget the name already. Riptide. It sounds, I, at first I was like, this is just a Riptide uh, yeah. cover. Um, I Seek the Truth. I love I Seek the Truth. Everyone should go listen to I Seek the Truth, um, which is a duet with Anna and Elsa. And it's like the replacement for uh, Show Yourself, probably, if they didn't separate that moment we talked about. Like, I'm not sure is if, if they're together or if they're like singing in different locations. Oh, they could be in different locations. That's true. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't even get to the point where they recorded it with the voice actresses. So um, yeah. it's a strong song, though, I think. Uh, Unmeltable Me, an Olaf song. Uh, I think that's a strong Olaf song. But that's, that's fine. Yeah. And then get this right. Yeah. Uh, other, yeah. Other, any other outtake thoughts? I've only listened to them once, so I don't. Okay. Dylan's more of the outtakes Dan. <laughs> I just I've listened to I Seek the Truth maybe more than the real songs, but uh, wow, well, it's just because it's like not in the movie, so it's more of a novelty, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I wish that it was the actual voice actors and singing. Yeah, it. that's true. Because um, then I would get a better sense of how the characters, yeah, the characters, and, and yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to see because I you were mentioning how in the the podcast they added something recently. Just the I think it's like a documented thing the Disney Pixar animation process is the script is so volatile as they're making the movie yeah they change it a lot um which seems not uh and in some ways it's like a natural creative process in some ways it feels like not a uh real writing thing where you have a script and then you execute the script it's like we change the intent a lot um but this movie i think definitely went through a lot of changes there's a whole very well written song where the arcs maybe mean different things, like, instead of show yourself, like, so... Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how they get to such a... this Because it really is kind of like a very tight thematic movie, and it went through, clearly went through so many changes, but... Um, yeah. Uh, so I re- recommend listening to that. Uh, we've gone longer than I thought, Sarah. <laughs> anything else about Frozen 2? Um, I really like it. I'm really happy there was another movie because then I guess get more time to obsess over Frozen and Elsa and Anna and yep. And we're just going to listen to the soundtrack a bunch more times mm-hmm. and read Elsa and Honeymoon fanfic. Have you read any? Yet? Um, no, You've seen fan art, I have though. seen the fan art. Okay. Yeah. Uh, will you read the fanfic? I haven't read a lot of fanfic these days, but <laughs> I, okay. I, but you know, I would be open to reading this fanfic. Yeah. I didn't propose a specific fanfic. Um, in general. Okay. I haven't read many fanfic these days. I like that quote. That's me too. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, Elsa fics are probably OOC. I feel like it's going to be hard to capture Elsa's character yeah. in a fic. Uh, maybe the Frozen stands can tell us which are the good Frozen fanfics. Okay. Uh, yeah. I read good... I read Kristana fanfics when I, after. Yeah, I didn't know you were so into them. <laughs> Did you know? Uh, I, lo- I love Love is an Open Door. Uh, yeah. Does that make me a Hans Anastan? Like no, uh, okay, it's just a good song. But they're also really cute in that song. It's cute, yeah. 
I that love doesn't that. Mean you I was, I, that was probably my favorite song. That and the uh, the snowman. Uh, yeah. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. Love those two. Yeah. yeah. The beginning of Frozen one's very good. Yes. Okay. Um, let us know what you thought of Frozen two. Overlyanimated.com, youtube.com slash overlyanimated. Um, come to our Discord to talk about overlyanimated.com slash Discord or animated movies channel. And if you enjoyed this, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our Patreon podcast, Carter, aka Cardboard, and thanks as always to our patrons that could produce Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. It's Cardboard Carter, like the Craig from the Creek character. Yeah, did you not get that before? No, I'm, but you just, uh, Carter, aka Cardboard, it's like Cardboard Carter. Yeah, but the nickname's Cardboard. It's not, Is uh, it? yeah. Okay. I mean, it's arbitrary. Okay. Um, I thought you had, you'd only said part of the nickname. No, I, mean, I wanted to give Carter's nickname due credit. Okay. Yeah, I've written down Cardboard. <laughs> it could be car- Cardboard Carter okay. as well. Okay. Anything else, Sarah? Nope. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.